it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. The Autosport Driver Ratings. Now part of my job after each and every Grand Prix is to give all 20 drivers a mark out of 10 based on their performance across the whole race weekend, which is published in Autosport Magazine and on autosport.com+. The drivers are rated for their performance throughout the whole weekend with a focus on qualifying in the race. And now you can hear why I gave the rankings I did. Please enjoy this episode, which is presented by Motorsport Network's Director of Digital Strategy, Jess McFadden. So the British Grand Prix looked like it was going to be a bit of a snooze fest at one point. I saw a lot of people on Twitter poking at it, going, something happened. And the F1 gods delivered with something that was a little bit circa 2013 Pirelli tyre gate with a few exploding tyres on the final laps of the Grand Prix and saw Lewis Hamilton limp to his seventh British Grand Prix victory with an ever-closing Max Verstappen on his tail to come in second. Now, Alex, this was your first on-the-ground Grand Prix after the uh, pause of Australia. Um, how was it for, you, for your first one? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the actual majority of the race was pretty dull, but the actual event absolutely brilliant I really enjoyed it I mean it is very difficult with all the restrictions on the media at the moment but it was just immense for me personally to be there really enjoyed myself and yeah the last three laps I was actually at that Grand Prix that British Grand Prix in 2013 so it was very reminiscent with that Um, did have to completely redo the intro for my uh, autosport.com race report but you know needs must we got there Uh, finished work at 5am this morning for the magazine stuff so um, yeah hopefully I don't say anything too mad uh, in this recording but uh, we'll see how we go yeah uh, a great event from my point of view and yeah another one on the horizon next weekend 
Alex, all I'm hearing are excuses right now because we're going to dive straight into the driver ranking. So let's kick off with the Haas boys, Rayman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. Now, Kevin Magnussen's race didn't last very long at all. And he was off into the gravel uh, pretty early on in the in the race. Um, but you've given him a 7 out of 10, Alex. Um, kind of hard to judge, really, isn't it? It is. We're going to we're going to see this a lot in this uh, in this episode because of so many early incidents and in one case of driving not even starting the race. But yeah, I thought Magnussen was strong in qualifying, put the car exactly where it needed to be, made a very good race start. Okay, yeah, benefited from Hulkenberg not being on the grids. Um, but yeah, it's sort of I actually I actually called it as a racing incident between Albon and and Magnussen. I know that I know that the stewards gave Albon the penalty, but I think both of them share blame. Um, but yeah, the reason why he gets seven and ahead is ahead of Grosjean is because of that strong qualifying performance. Grosjean was was pretty slow in qualifying. Uh, he was put on a, on a curious strategy by Haas by leaving him out. He was on a bit of hiding to nothing. And then not being able to get going again at the pit stop, that was really costly. Don't know if there was a car problem there, but, you know, if it was driver error, that, 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 that's, another, that's another fault of Grosjean. And also, his defending, pretty outrageous, you've got to say, particularly for a director of the Grand Prix Drivers Association. That next meeting might be a bit spicy. Uh, but yeah, so six for Grosjean, seven for Magnussen. So a six and a seven, probably fair. Yeah, not, again, just a pretty hard showing for Haas. Uh, they've not really been anywhere this uh, this season yet, so let's hope that they have a better um, round at Silverstone this weekend. Alfa Romeo, another one, another driver that had a bit of a messy race or messy weekend really was Giovinazzi, uh, who had a couple of penalties for speeding behind the safety car. Uh, also had a spin in FP1, and uh, although he had um, he had a he had a pretty like strong start, I think he made up a lot of places right, right off the bat, which was great to see. Um, but yeah, just a bit like meh, really. He did make up a lot of places, but you know there were three cars that were just taken out of the equation in front of him in terms of Magnussen obviously punted out of the race, Albon eventually pits, and then uh, Hulkenberg never starts. So I think you know he did make a good start, fair play. But yeah, it's also artificially boosted at the same time. But yeah, a lot of errors in this one. Uh, also, he you know he 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 was strong. He finished ahead of Russell on the road. In, we know the Williams is slower than the Alfa Romeo. Like it's, there's not a lot in it, but ultimately that car, the Williams, isn't just quite as good. And then that penalty, driving too fast under the safety car, cost him a position to a slower car. So yeah, uh, five, for, five for Giovinazzi. And then coming on to Raikkonen, this was again a disappointing weekend. There's some amazing clips I know of, of him coming into the pits and berating the team for calling him in too late. Uh, you know, there's a, actually going on to one of his stop later on after his front wing breaks. There's the, the, the Alfa Romeo team is giving him some really confusing instructions when he's in the pit box. So yeah, there's all sorts of things going on at that team. But Raikkonen easily beaten by his teammate in, in qualifying um, was well adrift of the Williams drivers. Latifi went around him, um, so yeah, pretty slow. And then actually, the front wing is the front wing. He says it's the front wing failure. Well, Kimmy, you ran over the curbs at Cops and broke it, so <laughs> you're gonna have to take that one there. So fine for Kimmy, I think. Wasn't he saying on the radio as well? Like, I don't know what's wrong. It's like, well, if you if you leave the track and uh, hit hit a ton of stuff on your car, the car's gonna break. It's not they're not, they're not built like rally cars. It's back to his rally days. Moving on to the Williams boys again, like. Oof. Their race pace just doesn't seem to be there, which we know. Um, but Mr. Saturday turned up again, put in an absolute stellar lap, I thought, in Q1 um, to, to, to get through to Q2 uh, again, which is really good to see the Williams consistently getting into Q2. But, uh, you know, that yellow... So there was a lot of chat on, uh, again, on Twitter and, and in the media about why he was given a five-place penalty rather than a three-place penalty, which is what Norris and Hamilton received in previous Grand Prix. But it's to do with the fact that it was a double waved yellow, right? So it's a it's a it's a stronger um, message that the drivers have to adhere stricter restrictions, and there's a set penalty that if you if you ignore a double yellow, it's five places, and that's it. 
Um, but he seemed pretty adamant that he was in control of the car and he slowed down, but that wasn't found to be the case, was it? Yeah, sadly, it's pretty slam dunk for George because he sort of ticked all the boxes of what you've got to do to get a penalty by, by passing that double uh, yellow flag. Um, just just very quickly, Jess, on the race pace, Williams actually really pleased with their race pace because they beat, you know, they beat an alpha on Merritt in Raikkonen and they've got another one with uh, with Giovinazzi and they were helped out with, uh, with Grosjean's man strategy. But yeah, Russell, again, great in qualifying. Good in the race, I thought. But that error, you know, okay, yeah, he didn't see the he didn't see the double yellow. Well, you must have been aware, you know, the, the team did warn him that there were you know there were yellows in play. It was his teammate that had gone off. We know from what we've seen in Austria and, and again at the weekend, you know, there are visible signs that a car is off in front of you, and he just failed to slow down, and it cost him. It cost him really badly. He ended up starting last when he should have been starting, you know, in P15. So yeah, sorry, George, that's why your why your scores have come down. And then moving on to Latifi. I've given him, yeah, it's probably, again, maybe maybe I've been a bit harsh on the TV here and, and apologies for that. But I thought, you know, it, it was his spin that ultimately cost the team. It, it triggers the whole thing. It's a bit like Bottas uh, at, at the first Grand Prix in Austria. You know, it's his error that has a, has a knock-on effect for the rest of the team. Um, but I really did enjoy his race. Again, very strong Latifi, like Russell in the race. Uh, put um, a move on the outside of Raikkonen to Stowe that he called his first real legit Formula One overtake. Okay, so it's uh, it's an eight for George and a seven for Latifi. You know, pretty decent points haul for Williams um, in our rankings, anyway. Uh, racing point, right? Yes. Where were they? I mean, obviously, well, let's start with the the man of the weekend, Nico Hulkenberg. Um, amazing return to Formula One at the final hour. Absolutely heartbreaking that all of that time and effort and uh, the, the late nights and the early mornings to get him into that car and then DNS. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like Hulkenberg bingo, isn't it? He's just had so much unfortunate luck in his career. The only cliche that was missing for Hulkenberg was him crashing out in Baku when a podium was on because he keep kept doing that early on in his career. Um, but yeah, so unfortunate. A clutch bolt shearing when they fired up the car cost him that cost him starting the race. And sadly, we do have a rule at Autosport whereas if you know something like this happens outside the driver's control, we have to give them a non uh, you know a, a non applicable because you know it's just unfair to to rate them on all of that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I, I thought I thought really brilliant for Holgenberg, considering everything that he'd been through. Like he was locked out of the paddock effectively until just a few minutes before FP1, as he awaited the results of his coronavirus test. Seemed pretty good. You know, you can't really just jump into any Formula One car and be right at the limit right at the moment. He's missed all of testing. It's a new setup. Yeah, he knows the team, but it's a, you know a new a new a new arrangement for the car, and he's not going to be able to get to the limit. So I thought he did did pretty well in qualifying. Um, but yeah, should we come on to Lance Stroll because I've got a lot of things to say about him? Yeah, I mean. I'm reading this, Alex, and you've given him a four, which is quite a quite a harsh score. But, you know, based on the pace that we know that racing point has, not really where we expected him to finish, was it? No, no, not at all. And when you consider what happened at the front with the tyre failures and Mercedes effectively losing a podium, yeah, they, basically they gave away a podium this weekend because of what happened with their tyres. Um, this is where racing point should absolutely be being on the podium. That, this, this exact scenario he needs to be in that position to capitalise when something goes wrong and frankly in qualifying he should be bothering Verstappen it was, he, was, he, was, he was nowhere in qualifying got beaten by considering the pace of the car that is got beaten by Lando Norris and Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari that we know is so terrible it's just not good for, for Stroll and then he went backwards in the race it was yeah yeah damning on Stroll there sorry Right, the team we're coming on to next and the driver we're coming on to next I think is maybe deserving of at least a nod for driver of the day and that's Pierre Gasly who I think I'm going to agree with you, Alex, here, has got a 10 out of 10 in these rankings. Um, he 
just seems to come alive in that AlphaTauri Toro Rosso. It suits him so much better. And what a different start to the season compared to last season. Absolutely. I mean, he's been one of the stars of the season so far. I don't think I don't think you can deny that. Okay, he's not on TV so much, but he's he's been brilliant in qualifying and he's been brilliant in the races. He's had some unfortunate, you know, reliability issues as well. Um, yeah, ten out of ten for Gasly. I, I, I couldn't we couldn't really fault him. He only misses out on a third consecutive Q3 appearance because Stroll set his identical lap time first. So by the rules, Stroll has to go through. And that Alpha uh, <clears throat> and that Alpha Tower, You know, it, it actually you know it, it, it's on the verge of of Q of Q3 every time there are much faster cars ahead of it so he's doing a really really good job even to get it into p11 i think um and then yeah brilliant in the race he he got he got past stroll he avenged himself as i you know in 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 the final order and his move on vettel was absolutely brilliant he hangs on around the outside of stowe yeah he's edged off the track but vettel doesn't leave him anywhere to go so the stewards noted it and said actually no investigation necessary stuck it down the inside uh, on a four times world champion and yeah i just thought i thought that was brilliant for gasly and there were other drivers ahead of him towards the end of the race that were being warned Gasly's coming, Gasly's coming. So fantastic performance from him. I, just, I love it. It's a bit of a redemption moment. Obviously, I'm sure he would rather be um, up there in the in the the super competitive teams, but the the team environment and the team situation can often overshadow actually the skills of a driver and putting them back in uh, a kind of a midfield team allows them to kind of show what they've what they've got. So I'm really glad that Gasly's getting a. As you said, it's not like the main spotlight, but. He deserves a note um, and watch watch out where he's going to finish uh, this season because I think he's going to have a really strong season based on what he's done already. Daniel Kvyat, uh, was the problem that he had found to be a kind of um, foreshadowing of what was to come <laughs> in the final closing laps? Because he had a he had a tyre failure, right? I think it's a little bit too early to say uh, on that, Jess, because Pirelli is conducting what they call a 360 degree investigation, which is one of my colleagues pointed out is pretty good because tyres are 360 degree shaped. Um, but yeah, it, it did look like, I know it was picked up by some of the, 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 the commentators and um, on, on TV, it did look like he had a puncture. Like if you look, if you do look like frame by frame, it looks like something goes wrong with the car and that's what pitches him off. I mean, he was 100% blaming himself initially, um, pushing the camera out of the way, a bit naughty there. But you know, you can't, you can't really blame a guy who's just had a massive accident for not wanting a camera shoved in his face that's that's probably fair um but yeah he then he then comes back to the paddock and says no it was just my fault it, it was nothing about at all about that and then a press release later on they're saying actually now we've looked at the data yeah something did go wrong on the car so we have to take them at, at the at, at the word there um yeah, seven for Kvyat because he's he was off he was off the pace of Gasly in qualifying. Not by much, it must be said. Uh, and he made it, he did make a good start as well. But yeah, let's you know I, I thought a seven was a pretty fair reflection of his weekend. Yeah, I think I'd have to yeah I'd have to agree. Let's move on to McLaren, who again had a pretty strong performance and looked like they were going to get kind of a lot of lovely points in the bag if it hadn't been for Carlos Sainz's tyre issues in the closing stages, which was a bit of a heartbreak to see because uh, he was running so well. Um, but So we've got Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz both on eights. Sainz really capitalised on the start and went flying uh, and Norris dropped back a little bit. Still with his elbows out, but still dropped back. 
Yeah, I think last time out in Hungary, he was one of those drivers that was just caught out in the wet. Their first sort of Formula One start in the wet and it really went wrong for them. This one, he makes an okay getaway from the line. It's just further on in the lap, he makes quite a key mistake when he's coming into Brooklyn's, locks up, runs very, very wide. Actually, you know, it really harms uh, Stroll's progress at that point because he sort of blocks him off at the edge of the track as he's trying to get wide. That's what allows science to get through. Uh, and in the end, ultimately, that's what allows uh, Daniel Ricciardo to get, uh, get a run out of out of uh, Luffield and, and, and down the old pit straight uh, and into Cops. It's, it, it was a, an easier move than it actually I looked at first glance on TV for Ricardo there. But yeah, the reason why I thought Norris and Sainz couldn't be separated in terms of their points was because Norris was just superb in qualifying. Beats a racing point. Okay, yeah, Lance Stroll was, was, having, was having one of his days. But, you know, that's a great performance from Norris. And it was just great to hear him say, actually, because he nearly got knocked out in Q1. He was like, I was overdriving. I was overthinking it. The wind was a massive factor. He just calmed it all down and delivered fantastically for McLaren in qualifying. Uh, and then was still running strongly in the race, even after that, that early mistake, lost him a couple of spots. Um, but science, it came alive in, in, in the race for him. I mean, it'd been really interesting to see what would have happened had Grosjean not got in amongst it and stopped him getting up to Charles Leclerc at the of the restart for the second safety car and he was so unlucky with the puncture you know like I said Pirelli are going to be looking at all of it as we'll come on to later there's there's the suspicion that debris played a real part in this but uh but yeah I thought considering considering where they both shone over the weekend that you know equal eights was was all right for McLaren now we've got another driver coming up with a perfect score and maybe surprisingly that driver is in a Ferrari um but unsurprisingly uh, Charles Leclerc drove another really, really, I mean, it wasn't, it's not standout in the fact that he was, you know, overtaking left, right and centre. You know, he had a, quite a quiet race for the most of the race, but he he has put that Ferrari on the podium again, much to everybody's shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I actually thought it was quite a, a low key weekend until Q3 for Leclerc. Like he was doing, he was doing absolutely fine. But his qualifying performance, he nearly beats Verstappen to third place in a Ferrari that we know is, is so terrible this year. Fantastic for that for him there. And then in the race, yeah, he was fortunate that with the Grosjean Haas strategy puts uh, a car in between um, uh, Leclerc and Sainz and that allows Leclerc to get a bit of a gap because he actually really struggles at the, the second safety car restart for tyre warm-up. He said in the press conference he was all over the place. He had to wait for the tyres to come to him. So lucky that Grosjean was behind and, you know, and, and he could get away. But after that, he still showed really, really strong pace. And on Friday, when we did the long run analysis, when we looked at the averages, it looked like Ferrari were going to plummet from wherever they qualified. So that's why he really does deserve a 10, even even, even if even if he doesn't get on the podium. I think that drive that drive deserves a 10. So yeah, fantastic for, for Charles Leclerc. It, it, it's a bit like the, the opening race in Austria where Leclerc finishes on the podium and Vettel's all at sea and nowhere. Okay, in this race, he doesn't have a, a big gaffe, you know, against like science like he did. And he, he was just saying, I've got no confidence in the car uh, car again, which was a big feature of that Austria race. And it then later transpired that there was a minor, there was a minor issue with the car. Now, unfortunately, with the driver rankings, with the, with the deadline for the magazine and everything, we have to just go on what all the information that is available, you know, into the early hours of Monday morning. So it may, it may come out that, yeah, there was a car problem, but... He's still he's still getting outclassed by Leclerc in qualifying. Like he, you know, Leclerc was was way up when Vettel was way down, and he he makes a mistake and gets penalised by doing track limits at Cops, cost him a position to Ocon. He would only have been ninth when Leclerc was fourth. Like it's not that wasn't a good wasn't a good performance um, from Vettel in qualifying, and was pretty pretty average in the race. He made another mistake on the first lap uh, again with with Ocon going wide there. Uh, but yeah at least it ended on a positive note with uh, with him defying Bottas. Now, a team that had its best performance of the season so far is Renault. And we've got Daniel Ricciardo on another 10 out of 10, Alex. 
I know, yeah. I had to I had to message my editor Kevin Turner being like I've got some I've got quite a lot of tens here. Um and uh, and uh, you know we, we chatted about it and 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 really Daniel Ricardo you know you can't fault him. He did brilliantly. Ends up fourth. Um okay, again, fortunate at the end that, that a couple of cars dropped out, but he 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 did every, he did the maximum and he by our by our by our you know our rating system, he deserves it for what he for what for, for what he did. Also in qualifying is brilliant. Beats a faster Ferrari because we think we you know the Ferrari's faster ultimately than the Renault. Um he beats a Red Bull and he beats a racing point. Yeah, okay. Hulkenberg was, you know, in in the car so maybe not, you know, he's not being driven to his ultimate potential that perhaps Perez might have taken it to. Um but he was just relentless in the race. Actually got really really close to Leclerc at the end. So he was he was he was he was really close to a podium. Uh, yeah, I thought very impressive from Ricardo. Coming on to Ocon, again didn't do a didn't do a, a lot wrong either. Um but yeah, he's he he loses out um on 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 his score because he was beaten in both qualifying and the race. Uh, he had looked actually to be the fastest Renault driver in Q1 and Q2 and then things just a bit like a bit like Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas things turn around in Q3 but nevertheless a good performance from Ocon I mean it's been a bit patchy to start his season but um, but yeah I was impressed with him yesterday definitely definitely a marked improvement on Ocon's side which is good to see because again he's one of those drivers that you, you kind of know the potential's there but it, it just kind of falls away a little bit or things happen or the car's not working quite to his his preferences and it makes him look bad. But is it him looking bad or is it... I mean, this is the problem with Formula One. And as we're going to come on to in uh, Red Bull, which we're moving on to, when will the rhetoric of is Alex Albon out of Red Bull going to end? I mean, it's so it's so tough for him because that car looks an absolute nightmare at times. We saw it in testing. We saw it at several races so far. He had a big crash in, in FB2 when it was just like, I don't really know what happened. The, car, the rear just went away. The balance all over the place. Red Bull have come out and said, we need to give him a better balanced car. It just looks fundamentally like those aero anomalies are creating real difficulties for the drivers. And because Max Verstappen is a superstar, he seems to be able to, to cope with it better. I'm not saying uh, Alex Albon is a bad driver. Far from that. He's a very, very good driver. But I think, we, as we all know, Verstappen is future world champion material and probably ultimately multiple world champion material. Um, but at the same time, Alex did make some key mistakes here. Um, we don't, you know, something went wrong in that crash in FP2. He gets knocked out in Q2 again. Yeah, I know, extreme circumstances because he missed a lot of FP3 because of an energy store issue. But still, that car is ultimately the second fastest car on the grid. I think it's a smidge ahead of the racing point, you know, if you if you were in like laboratory conditions, as it were. Um, and then the crash with Magnussen. Yeah, again, like I said, 50-50, but... It's a bit, it's a little bit like, you know, a few occasions, like like in Austria, did he really need to go for that move on Lewis Hamilton when he did, considering he had a tyre advantage? It just felt a bit like, ah, you, you, I totally see what you tried to do. You saw a gap, you went for it, but then you backed out at the last second and you might have just waited because that has would have been easy, would have been easy prey in the following corners. So yeah, five for Albon. I don't feel, I don't feel good about giving it to that to, to him there because he's a really nice guy. I, used, I covered him in Formula 2. Really good bloke. But, just it does need to get better from him but also the team needs to step up as well quite interesting that the team has come out and said like we need to give you a better car it's quite a big it's quite a big statement from Red Bull because they don't usually say that about their drivers they're usually quite you know cutthroat as as we've seen uh, last year with Gasly um but yeah I think and for on my side it's like it's Magnussen (laughs) like I know I know you know you shouldn't just let a driver bully you or a driver's reputation bully you off the track. But maybe that's just going to come with experience and and having a bit bit more of a level head. But yeah, it's just, I just want Alex to catch a break. Come on, Alex. Like, we all believe in you. You can get there. His teammate, on the other hand, 
He's got a 10 out of 10 again. We've got, again, as you said, a lot of 10 out of 10s, uh, and Max Verstappen is one of them. Um, again, like he just seems to... He's just getting what he what he can and, and more. You know, he, they did not expect to get P2, and yeah, okay, that was because of tyres, but boy, did they maximise on it, not to use a pun, but boy, did they, like... They just got everything they needed to get. They absolutely capitalised on the situation, brought it home in P2. But Max Verstappen, 10 out of 10, Alex. I'll stop he talking is, now. He is doing so. He is a driver who's over delivering with that car. He got so close to the Mercedes drivers. Actually, actually, probably that's, that's the wrong way of looking at it. He stayed so close to the Mercedes drivers because if you look on TV, you know, or you sort of look at the race on paper, he was gone. He was nowhere. He was comprehensively beaten. Well, actually, to only get. 10 seconds behind at basically the end of the race before the tyres blow out I think that's still pretty pretty impressive considering how good that Mercedes car is um, now with 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 Max in the race it was, it was really interesting being in the media centre at Silverstone because there's a tool that you didn't have on the sort of media portal that's set up at home which you can see where the, the cars are in a sort of a line representation of the lap and the Mercedes are up here he's just a chunk back then there's a massive gap to Leclerc, a big, a little bit of another gap to the rest, and then that's it. He was stayed with them, and I thought that was so impressive. And again, brilliant in qualifying. He was so in control. He even had he even had time to mock his engineer. It seemed on on the radio. As you said, the team that was kind of um, basically so in control, it was it was getting quite dull. Um, is was the Mercedes team, and we can't fault them. They've just they've built a perfect car. They've got two great drivers. They've 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 just maximised on everything, not to use maximise again. Um, but they don't have perfect scores, do they, Alex? You've given, oh, we've given Lewis Hamilton a nine and Valtteri Bottas an eight. Yeah, they don't have perfect scores. And I, and I, I think this is going to be the sort of the controversial one, particularly with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but he caused a red flag in qualifying. It was a pretty big mistake that could have had some really, you know, severe ramifications for the rest of his weekend. And he was quite fortunate to get away with it in a way. Also, Bottas wasn't that far off him in the race. Bottas kept him really, really, really honest. And that ultimately contributes to, to, to Bottas's tyre exploding. You know, yeah, he was, he, was, he, was, uh, he was one or two seconds behind. He wasn't going for an overtake every lap. But he's stuck in that position where whatever he does at that point, if he pushes his tyres harder on a race that was incredibly tough on tyres because they'd all come in that little bit too early. They came in about five laps before Pirelli told them, you know, it was, ulti- was, it was the ultimate point to stop. Get rid of, get rid of your, your, your mediums, your softs and go on to the hard um, or, or what the hard could do to get to the end of the race. So they were always up against it. And in Bottas's case, you know, if he pushed he'd wreck his tyres that little bit more. And he's in the dirt, yeah, so he's, he's sliding. So that's wrecking his tyres at the same time. And Hamilton didn't, he didn't edge away quite as quickly. He does get to a point where he does do that because Bottas' tyres are gone. So that's the reason. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm hamstrung quite a bit by the fact we don't do decimal places because this would be a 9.9. Like it's so close to a 10. It's just not perfect from Hamilton, especially when we consider how perfect, you know, he, he, he is effectively. I mean, he was lucky in that the sidewalls of those tyres didn't, explode and shred and 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 spread debris everywhere which i think is why a lot of people are saying no he was totally out of order he should have parked that car you know he should have gone into the pits he, he can't he can't finish the race on on three on three tires like that's not legal but i mean he didn't cause a, a massive a massive issue did he but i mean i assume i assume those people were also complaining about sergio perez going to the flag in austria with his front wing off because I mean that that argument's ridiculous, frankly. Um, but yeah, I, I it's, it's interesting. I mean, 
he said he was cool as a cucumber, but you sort of you listen to you listen to him on the radio afterwards. He was like, "Shit, wow, that um, was." I mean, oops, sorry, like, it's so close. He <laughs> yeah, he does. Ed's gonna have to beep that one. Sorry, Ed. He, well, a, re- um, a real beep because I know we, we add in fake beeps for for the social media promos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. He swears on the radio because you tell how hard he's pushing. But yeah, I just honestly, I just my take on it. Looking at the lap times, looking at everything that they said afterwards, I think Bottas kept him more honest than it looked, and that Mercedes were also that little bit not in complete control than they looked. Okay, yeah, the power modes were slightly turned down. Toto Wolff said, you know, we can't keep them in the spicy power modes, as he put it, for the whole race. But it still ultimately all went, all came, all came to the end, all came, got to the end, and it all went so very nearly very, very wrong. Uh, Bottas, I gave him an eight because, you know, he just couldn't get ahead of Hamilton. He really tried. I think he really pushed him. But it was that swinging qualifying that really did for him didn't get pole position when he looked like he was uh, you know he was on on for it and also doesn't get Vettel at the end in despite yeah. the incredible pace of the Mercedes car that was There's a bit kind weird. Of like so two... yeah that's why he gets an eight yeah all right well if you don't agree with any of our rankings head on over to autosport.com where we will give the power back to you and you can tell us what you think by using our little widget uh over on uh the driver rankings story um make sure you leave us a comment below as well let us know what you think do you agree disagree usually you guys disagree so but we love to read your comments anyway um and make sure you subscribe to the channel there's going to be tons of stuff coming out over the next few weeks um because we have another race at silverstone so you're going to be going back you're going home now alex but you're going to be returning uh, on Thursday to do it all again. Yeah, got to stay with the uh, the code of conduct from the FIA. Make sure I don't see anyone. PPE wherever I go. Uh, hopefully, with another negative COVID test, um, then it should all be should all be back in the back in action next weekend. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll see you there, Alex. And uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Just before we do go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. 
Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.